0: Well, good morning, everybody. It's hard to believe this is the last Sunday of the year. And to close the year off, we're doing a message that is what we call a standalone. That is, it's not part of a series. I want to talk to you this morning about the will of God. Um, uh, The first time I was really kind of aware of of the idea of the will of God is when I got to about grade twelve. I really began to ask God questions. What do you want me to do? I felt that God wanted me to be a pastor. I wasn't 100% sure. I thought I needed to go to Bible school. Uh, My dad uh, uh, invited me to become part of the company, Duncalf Mechanical. Uh, God, what do you want me to do? And I began to pray and began to ask God for direction and uh, and basically asking God, what is your will for my life? Now, I... uh, I found this, this picture here because I think it really does a good job sort of uh, outlining how a lot of, a lot of us think of the will of God. How can I figure out God's will for my life? And, and really, it's, it seems confusing. You don't know which, which way to go and what, what am I supposed to do and what's my life supposed to consist of. And it's kind of like, well, good luck and I hope you figure out what to do. That was me. I was just going kind to of figure out what is this all about? How do I know God's will for my life? Well, thankfully, um, I did figure out how to know God's will for my life. I figured out how, uh, how I can know what God wants me to do, who he wants me to marry, who he wants me, where he wants me to live, where he wants me to be a, a pastor, and so on and so forth. And, and here's what I know about everybody. Everybody wants to know the future. Everybody wants to know, what, what, what should I do with my life? What should I do with my future? What should my career be? If you're younger, that's what you're thinking. Maybe if you're older, you're still thinking that. I don't know. Um, but you're, you're, you're concerned about knowing God's will. And if you've been through any kind of trauma, any kind of suffering, any kind of pain in your life, then you are especially more, uh, more desirous, hungry to know what God's will is for you. This is why so many people who are not Christians turn to to psychics and astrologers and fortune tellers and tarot card uh, readers. People want to know. They're anxious about their future. They're anxious about tomorrow. And I think probably you could say that just about about everybody. This is why the TV psychics are so, so uh, uh, popular. Some of you may have heard of the Long Island medium by the name of Teresa Caputo, the the girl with the blonde big hair. It seems to get bigger and bigger. Uh, Maybe Tyler Henry, who is very popular in Hollywood. All the Hollywood, many of the Hollywood actors and actresses love to go to him to get a reading. And then there's John Edwards, some of you have heard of him. And the list goes on and on. People want to know about their future. They want to know how they can face the future. How can they face Tomorrow, Back in 1981, Ronald uh, Reagan became the president of the United States. Um, big name, uh, it was a big defeat of Jimmy Carter, and everybody thought, well, this is going to be the, you know, the, the, the golden president that's going to bring America out of their economic doldrums. And everybody was enthusiastic. They were excited about Ronald Reagan. But two months later, two months after his inauguration, some of you will remember that he was shot by a man um, by the name of John Hinckley Jr. John Hinckley Jr. was trying to impress uh, an actress, and, uh, and he thought the best way to impress her was by shooting the president. Anyway, he, I don't think he impressed the woman, uh, but I can tell you that he very, very nearly killed President Reagan The bullet ricocheted off the limousine of the president, went into uh, Ronald Reagan's side. It shattered a rib, and it very, very nearly killed him. I think most people weren't aware of how close he was to death. His wife was. She was so traumatized by what happened to her husband that she immediately began to seek the help, not of a pastor or a priest. She went to a psychic. She wanted somebody to tell her about her future, somebody that could help her so that she would be able to cope with the days to come. And so she would get the psychic there, and the psychic would tell her what days she could do certain things, what, what days the president should schedule to, to travel or not to travel, and reads the stars, and so on and so forth. And you look at it, and you th- you, maybe, maybe you think, oh, you know, it's not very sophisticated, how foolish, it's ridiculous. And yet you'd be shocked at the numbers of people who are looking for guidance in this life. You'd be shocked at the number of people who look to psychics and astrologers and fortune tellers. Lady Di, some of you may know her, Princess Diana, the first wife of Prince Charles. Prince Charles, in case you don't know, is the first in line to the throne after the queen dies. Princess Diana is a, is a mother, or was a mother of... Prince William, who will follow his father, becoming the king. She was so traumatized by, by the, the, her marriage and what happened there, but not just that, but the, the sense of loneliness that followed her, her separation and divorce from her husband, and also the, the, the paparazzi that would not leave her alone. She was so traumatized by all this that she, too, turned to a psychic, She wants help. She wants readings. She wants her life mapped out for her so she knows what to do and what not to do. Now, before I go any further, in case anybody thinks Pastor Allen is preaching on the virtues of psychics, I'm not doing that. In fact, I'll say this to you. As a Christian, you should not be at all, ever, Consulting with a psychic, an astrologer, fortune teller, tea leaf, leaf, tea, tea leaf reader, um, tarot card reader. This is called divination, and it's considered in the scripture to be a great, great evil and sin. You're literally opening yourself up to satanic power. So if there's anybody here today, even reading the horoscope, all of this is not of God. It's satanic in nature. Now. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm trying to tell you what the truth is because, as you know, truth sets us free. It's not what you should be looking at. It's not what you should be indulging in. You are indulging in very dangerous things. Nevertheless, people are looking to psychics all the time. People want guidance for their life. They want to know What the future holds. They want to know God's will, but actually don't really want God telling them what to do. It's for this reason that so many people, rather than turning to God for direction in their life, will turn to a psychic or an astrologer. I was shocked when I started researching this to discover the numbers of people who actually rely on the help of psychics. Uh, Some of you have heard of Lady Gaga yeah Selena Gomez Kendall Jenner Beyonce George Clooney Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie Queen Elizabeth the I not Queen Elizabeth not Queen Elizabeth the second Queen Elizabeth II is a wonderful godly Christian woman, but Queen Elizabeth I depended on her psychics and astrologers to help her I on to tell you being a queen of England uh, Technically, she's the second queen, but she's really the first major queen of England. She was surrounded by enemies and people that wanted her dead, not to mention all of the Roman Catholic countries of Europe. The the heads of the Roman Catholic countries of Europe all wanted Queen Elizabeth I dead. And so she was feeling uh, timid, and she was feeling uh, maybe overwhelmed, and she thought, well, what can I do? Uh, I need to get some psychics in to help me. Napoleon III, he also called on psychics for help, wanting guidance for his life. You'd be shocked at how many presidents of the United States. Let me just mention just a few, because there's many of them that relied on psychics. President Washington, the first president, some would say the greatest. President Lincoln, some would say he was the greatest and if not the greatest, then the second greatest president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry Truman, John F. Kennedy, Richard Nixon, some say Clinton. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, uh, I couldn't find enough supporting evidence to support that, but that's that's what is said. People want guidance for this life. How can I get through this life and have peace And not be worried about what tomorrow holds. Some of us here today have been through great trauma, great suffering. And if anything, you would love to know what does tomorrow hold for me so I don't have to be afraid. Well, I'm telling you today, you don't need to be afraid. Because we have a God, a loving Father, who will lead us and guide us and will reveal His will to us. And see, that's really what I'm talking about. But for many of us, when we think of the will of God, this is what we think of. Oh, Let's hope that we get this life right. Let's hope we manage. All these people, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Lady Gaga, John F. Kennedy, Richard Nixon, every one of these felt the need to connect to a guiding force, something, somebody who will get them through this life. And maybe that's you today. How can I get through this life? How can I face 2020? Maybe 2019 was brutal. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you that you can, in fact, every one of us can, in fact, enjoy day-to-day guidance in our lives. You don't have to make it on your own. You can have actual day-to-day guidance. Some of you have grown up in church all your life, and, and maybe you weren't aware of it, but, in fact, God wants to guide you in every decision that you make. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's what it means to be a Christian. Now, what I want to talk to you about when I talk about the will of God is I want to talk to you about really the two aspects of it. We're going to call it the basic will of God, and we're going to talk about the specific or the special will of God. By basic will of God, we're talking about God's will for all humans. By the specific will of God, we're talking about specific direction and guidance in your life. We're talking about that specific guidance that is specific to you. I didn't say pacific, I said specific. That specific guidance for your life from day to day. And yes, God does want to guide you day by day. Every day, if you want to know the truth, as a Christian ought to be an exciting adventure because every day God wants to show you his will and his purpose. And God wants you to experience the joy of communion with him where he directs you and leads you. So then, what is God's basic will for every human being? Well, we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 29a, and I've got two versions here, the NLT and the NIV, because I really want you to get this. I really want you to understand God's basic will for your life. And Paul says to the Christians in Rome, he says, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. This is God's basic will for every human, The NIV puts it like this For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. So here's what God's will is for your life. In case you've ever wondered, what's God's great will for every human being? I'll tell you what God's will is God wants you to be like Jesus. That's it in a nutshell. Now, for some of you, that's shocking because you think, well, I can't be like Jesus. Jesus was God. He was perfect. Yeah, he was. And still, God insists that you be like Jesus, that you think like Jesus, that you act like Jesus, that you speak like Jesus. In fact, when people look at you, what they should be able to see is they should be able to see the image of God. Now, some of you are very familiar with that language. We talk about the image of God. The reason you're familiar with it is because right there in Genesis chapter 1, it says that God created us in his image. Genesis 1:27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. This was God's will from the very beginning. We were created to be imagers of God to reflect God on this earth so that anybody who looks at us would see Jesus. What do people see when they look at you? When they hear you talk? When they observe your attitudes, do they see Jesus? If you're a Christian, that's what they should be observing. They should be able to see God in your life. You see, well Pastor, Al, I'm not really quite sure. Well, I can tell you how you can find out. Ask people. Ask your husband. Ask your wife, do you see Jesus in my life? Ask your kids. Ask your fr- ask your boss, the people you work with. I dare you. See what they say. Because this is God's basic will for every human being. So if you want to know God's guidance and direction in your life, then what you have to do is you have to learn, first and foremost, how to follow Jesus, how to become like him, how to walk in his steps. Because it's when we walk in the steps of Christ that is when we fulfill God's basic will for our lives. This is what Peter says. He's showing you, he's showing you the way. He's showing you how to live, follow in his footsteps. That verse literally transformed my life as I began to understand that the thing that God wants me to do is to follow in the steps of Christ. Now here's, i got to just point out something to you. If you never read a Bible, and if you never read about Jesus, and if you never re- study the Gospels, if you never take time to get to know Jesus, then it's pretty hard to imitate him. You know what? The, my big frustration, I've been a pastor and preacher for a lot of years, and it frustrates me that so many people who hear the preaching of the Gospel year after year after year never learn how to follow Christ. They never learn how to imitate Jesus. They never learn what it means to become like Christ. Now, you may have grown up in a tradition where they taught you all kinds of things. God's will for your life is that you be rich. God's will for your life is that you are never sick. God's will for your life is that you live to a ripe old age. God's will for your life is that you have whatever you want. It's not, none of this is biblical, this is, this is, none of this comes from the Scripture. The thing that God wants for you is to be like Jesus. This is the basic will of God. And I've got to make sure that you understand that. Because here's the thing. God created us to be his, to be his image bearers, to reflect God. But we don't know how to do that. And it's for this reason that God sent his son to this earth. Jesus didn't just come to this earth to die for us. He came to this earth to live for us. And so we read in Colossians chapter 1:15 that Jesus Christ is the visible the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know God, then you have to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ who teaches you how to be like God. Because that's how we were created. We were created in God's image to reflect God, to be like him. This is God's basic will. The happiest people on earth live like Jesus. Now, this is why at our church, we we stress the importance of living the habits of Jesus, of, of living like Christ, of having a daily walk with God, because Jesus did. We read in Mark chapter 1, verse, I think, verse 32 or 34, Jesus is, is praying. He got up early, the Bible says. He went up to a solitary place, a quiet place. Nobody was there. And there he prayed, and he sought the face of God. What is he doing? Well, he's asking God, God, what do you want me to do? What's your will for me? Meanwhile, his disciples are just starting to get, get up. They had a long sleep. Someone looks around and says, Hey, where's Jesus gone? Oh, he's taken off on this again. Where did he go? Somebody go look for Jesus. And so the couple of disciples go off and look to Jesus, and they find him in a solitary place, and he's praying. Now, what you need to know is that up to this point, Jesus has had very successful ministry. People are getting healed the sick are getting healed, Uh, all kinds of miracles are taking place. God is doing great things through Christ, and his disciples are excited. They're thinking, wow, you know, this really is the Messiah. This obviously is the one that's going to become the king of Israel. We've got to, we've got to do everything we can to build on the momentum that we have. The people are leaving their homes and leaving their their jobs so that they can follow Jesus around wherever he goes because they don't want to miss a thing. They want to hear his teaching. They want to see the miracles. We can't miss a thing. Come on, Jesus, let's get back to the crowds. The crowds are waiting for you. And the disciples, I'm sure, are thinking, well, this is an opportunity to build a great ministry. Jesus Christ TV Ministry International we will have a big name. We'll build a crystal cathedral. We'll have all kinds of money. It's amazing the great things we'll be able to do. And Jesus says, no. No. Uh, you see, I was just praying, and the Father said that I have come to reach all of Israel. So we're leaving here. We're going somewhere else. The disciples are scratching their head. This doesn't make sense. We should be staying put. We should be building on our momentum here. we got the crowds. We make a name for ourselves. Everybody's going to know who we are. We can do great things for God. And Jesus says, no, we got to go somewhere else. The basic will of God is that we become like Jesus. And what is what do we see Jesus doing? We see him fellowshipping with the Father, walking with the Father, and discovering God's specific will. You can never know God's specific will in your life until first you've learned to follow his basic will. If you want guidance for your life, you're going to have to learn what it means to submit to God's basic will for your life, and that is to become like Jesus. It surprises me. It shocks me that the number of people who go to church their whole life, but have no idea what God's will is for their life. They have no idea that God's will is that they become like Jesus. Well, I just want everybody to know today what God's will is for your life. And if you'd say it with me, God's will for my life is to become like Jesus. Say it with me. God's. Can we just say that one more time so you never forget it? God's will my life is Jesus excellent now watch this once you begin to fulfill God's basic will for your life that my friends is where you begin to discover God's specific will for your life that's where it begins Now, I know some of you uh, keeners have been reading the Bible for years. You're saying, Pastor Alan, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it talks about basic will of God and specific will of God. No, you're going to find God's will. But to help us understand his will, I'm breaking it up so that you can understand the basic will and the specific will. God's specific will, the clear direction Jesus, leave the area where you're doing ministry and go somewhere else. That specific will of God comes to you as you become like Jesus, as you conform to the image of his Son. It's thrilling. I began to experience God's specific direction and guiding in my life when I was probably only about uh, 14 years old. I remember teaching my very first Sunday school class at age 15 and then going to to camp and being a camp counselor, beginning at that young age to begin to experience more than just the basic will of God, but the specific will of God, what he wants me to do. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment, but let me ask you a few questions. Once we have mastered the basic will of God, that is once we have begun to live in that basic will of God, what what about what's next? What about a specific will? The questions questions that come to mind are questions like this. What about my future? And whom shall I marry? And who shall I not marry? How do I make decisions? And what, what should I do for a career? Shall I go on a missions trip? What house should I buy? Where should I buy? Should I buy that vehicle? You say, Pastor, God doesn't care about those little details. Oh, yes, he does. If you understand that as a Christian, you are a steward of God, I'm going to tell you, everything you have, your time, your treasure, your talent, all belongs to God, and God cares about all these things. So, how do we know specifically what God wants us to do? Well, I'm, I've got to just tell you, you have to follow God's basic will. You cannot skip that step, which is what everybody wants to do. You cannot skip the steps of being like Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus had a daily walk with God. Jesus worshipped and fellowshiped with, with the other believers every Saturday. It says that was his habit. Never missed going to synagogue. What else did he do? He did the will of the Father. By the way, you want to know what real what holiness is? doesn't mean you don't smoke, dance, or drink. Holiness means that you do the will of God every single time. How about number four? You've got to be in a small group. The very first thing Jesus does is he points for himself a small group. Called the disciples. They travel together as a small group everywhere. And then together they went to church on Sunday. And then they served. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life. Habit number seven or six is you got to make disciples and be disciples. You got to teach people how to follow Christ. You got to invite people to church and help them follow Christ. And you have to give. I got, I, you know, I just, people say, oh, I don't believe in tithing. I don't care if you believe in tithing or not. You have to give. That's why we call habit seven giving you got to give of your time, your treasure, and your talent. That's the sign that God has got a hold of your life. This is the basic will of God. And by the way, if you don't know the habits of Jesus, then ask an usher. They'll give you a bookmark so that you have a clear understanding of what it means to live the basic life of God, the basic will of God. And by the way, that's why celebrities refuse this path that I'm talking about today. This is why they prefer going to the psychics, because they make, the psychics make no demands. If you want to know God's direction in your life, then God says, sure, I'll give you direction for your life, but you're going to have to do what I say. And you see, we're stubborn, and we're rebellious in nature. We don't like anybody telling us what to do. If you want to know God's clear direction in your life, then you're going to have to yield to God and become like his son, And you have to imitate the habits of Christ. And so, for this reason, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12 don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Don't copy the behaviors, the customs, the habits. Of this world. You see, we've got a problem now in North America. And the Burundians, they, they like to quiz me all the time about what's life like in Canada, what's the church like in Canada. And I have to tell them, I'm very disappointed what's happening in Canada right now. It's very difficult to tell the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. An unbeliever, the person that doesn't follow Christ, is. It's basically the same as, as a believer nowadays. I say believer in, in, in quotation marks. Because God makes it clear to us that as Christians, we don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the people of this world. We belong to another world. This is a great lesson that my grandma Duncalf used to teach. She said, this world is not my home. I'm passing through. Very clearly, very clearly taught that, passed that on to me. And so this is how we live. We live not as the people of this world. We live as people of another world. What is that other world? Well, it's called eternity, the place where God is. We we no longer copy the behaviors of this world. We're different because we want to please Jesus. Jesus. Can I ask you a question? How are you living your life? Are you any different than your non-Christian friends? Are you imitating their behavior or are you imitating Christ's behavior? Do you talk like your friends or do you talk like Jesus? Do you tell, do you tell filthy, off-color jokes like your friends or do you speak purely with kindness and love? You see, there's a difference. There's supposed to be a difference. The things that you do and the things that the unbeliever does are completely different. And this is what, this is what Paul's talking about. So for, for, before you can ever get to the second half of that verse, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. Before you ever get there, first of all, you've got to make sure that you're falling in line with what God wants to do in your life, making you like Jesus. And once your mind is transformed, once your heart is transformed, once you start becoming like Jesus and thinking like Jesus and acting like Jesus, lo and behold, Paul says, then, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, Or as I like to say, specific or special. You don't need to go to a tarot card reading. You don't need to go go have your tea leaves read. You don't need to talk to a psychic. Save your money. It's all satanic anyway. What you need is you need to submit to God. You need to run to God. And say, God, I want to know your specific will in my life. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to, how to raise my kids. I need to know how to have a good marriage. I need to know, I, I, God, I need to know how to be good at my job. And God says, I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm willing to teach you and to show you everything you need to know. But first, got to be transformed. First, got to become like my son, Jesus do you know that every single thing, every single move that Jesus made, look at this, was according to God's specific will for him. Every, time, every person he healed, every, every person that he fed, every, every move he made, all the way to going to the cross and dying for our sins, all of this was the specific will of God. And Jesus had clear instruction, clear guidance, clear understanding. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt what he was supposed to do every day. the good news is that you can enjoy that same level of interaction with Almighty God. It's what every single heart craves. To know the supernatural, to know God at work in my life every single day. Wow. You know, that's how we were created. We were created in the image of God. We were created for fellowship with God. We were created to know the will of God and to do the will of God. But it always begins first with the basic will of God, imitating Jesus. And then watch what happens. I'm gonna tell you, you can experience the same level of specific guidance in your life. Look what the second half here says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. I'm gonna tell you, I didn't learn this overnight, but I can tell you because my heart's desire was to in fact seek first the kingdom of God. Some of you know Matthew 6.33, it's my life verse. I I learned it as a young, young man and I've been living like that ever since. Seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. Seek to know God. And then it says, everything will be added unto you. Everything will be shown to you. Everything will be revealed. This is what God wants for every one of us. You don't need to turn to a psychic. You need to turn to God, and he's going to lead you, and he's going to show you his will for your life. Wow. You know... I started living out the habits of Jesus at a a very young age. I didn't call them habits of Jesus. I just looked to the Scripture to figure out what what did Jesus do? How did Jesus live? And I tried to just do whatever the Bible said that Jesus did, Then I tried to do it. And I discovered, folks, I discovered now this, this union, this communion with God that I could not even begin to explain. But I began to experience... God's supernatural guidance in my life. So when it came to to the time when I finally felt, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being alone. I want to get married. I really feel like I need this. I began to pray, and God showed me that Gloria was the one that I was to marry. Very specific. And Gloria says that the same thing happened to her. After we got married, Gloria wanted to stay home with the kids. She didn't want to leave them alone. And uh, at the time that she was ready to go back to work, we prayed about this. We Asked God, God, Gloria needs a, a nursing job where she doesn't have to work all night and she uh, can have Sunday off. So she continued to be a part of the family of God but continue to care for her family. And then God used Hank Horner to show Gloria that if she got into dialysis, then Sundays would be free for her. This is the specific, the specific guidance of God in our lives. I'm sharing these examples with you to help you understand what I'm talking about. We prayed, God, where do you want us to buy a house? I didn't want to spend all my time driving. And I didn't want Gloria to, to spend all her time driving to work. So we figured out where, where, where can we live. And so we found a house that was exactly seven minutes from Gloria's work and seven minutes from my work. Well, seven minutes, uh, I'd speed a little bit, but not too much. But there it is. It has, it, I'm going to tell you, it has impacted our quality of life because we, we are actually spending no time on the road, but our maximum time together. God cares. I think of, of Jesse, Nicholas, and Sarah. They prayed, they've lived out the habits of Jesus. That's how we raised our kids. And I can tell you now that God has shown them specifically what their career path should be. It's not always easy, but they know this is what they're supposed to do, and they're doing it in the power of God. I'm going to close with one more example. Cross Church, Burundi. How on earth did that ever happen? Well, God spoke to Dennis Weeb and told Dennis Weeb that he needs to start an orphanage in Burundi. That was very, very specific. And so he went to Burundi, and God very clearly showed Dennis uh, who, was, who would do the work there. He, God brought him and Delson together. You've heard these stories before. And, uh, and then God brought Dennis and his family to our church Very, very specific, clear guidance. This is the specific will of God. And God showed me that we had an opportunity to get involved and help Dennis. And so our church started supporting kids in that orphanage. And that orphanage grew from just a handful to now almost 400 kids. And I was invited back a few years ago to go on a missions trip, go to Burundi to see Village of Hope Africa. But I, my, my feeling was, um, uh, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to go take a look around. There's no safaris there. You can see the odd hippopotamus in the, in the lake if you want. But that, not really anything for me to do. It'd be kind of a waste of money to go. So I started to pray. Remember the basic will of God. You've got to be praying every day. I went to prayer. God, show me what you want me to do. Do you want me to go on this thing? And then God reminded me of the habits of Jesus. Alan, you can go and serve, you can go make disciples, and you can go give your time, your treasure, and talent. And I thought to myself, well, what, what could I do there? I thought, well, I could teach pastors. So I said to Dennis, Dennis, I'll go, but I would want to do a pastor's conference. And so Dennis talked to the people over in Africa, and they said, sure, let's do, a, let's do a pastor's conference. Very long story, just long. We had a pastor's conference. And I thought, what can I teach the pastors? I know I'll teach them theology. I'll, t- I'll teach them the doctrines of the church. The pastors were so excited, were so on fire. I was told, oh, they'll be, they'll be on African time, they'll be late, they won't show up on time, and it's, which is utter nonsense. It's, it's terrible. I can tell you we were the ones that were late. They were all sitting in, in, in their seats, paper in front of them, pen in hand, ready to rock and roll. I was so amazed. We did, this, we did the conference, and at the end of it, they were so moved, they were so touched by it, that they said, we want to become cross-church Burundi. We we want to become cross-church. And so this morning, just to make sure I'm getting the story right, I asked Delson to please please, uh, tell me. I said, can you tell me how and why the pastors wanted to become cross-church Burundi? And here's what he said. He said, the main reasons to change the name to Cross Church Burundi and to work with us is because, number one, we needed partnership to expand the kingdom of God in Burundi. Number two, is because we had confidence in the doctrine of Cross Church International, which is what was my first conference there. Number three, confidence in the leader of Cross Church International. Number four, the trust in the local leadership that connected them to Cross Church. Number five, trust in God that engineered the partnership. You see this very, very specific working of God's will. And then number six, he says, accept the prayer answer from God as they had been praying for this partnership. In other words, he's saying that they recognized it as an answer to prayer. This is what God does when you start living like Jesus. God begins to show you his specific will for your life. And not just to to, do extraordinary work in Burundi, but right in your own marriage, in your own family, with your own kids. It's your job and your career. And I'm going to tell you, God will specifically lead you because that's exactly what he wants to do. Jesus comes to the end of his ministry on this earth. The disciples still don't know what's going on, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows what God's specific will is for his life. God's specific will for Jesus' life was to go to the cross. They didn't understand that. Jesus says, can you guys come pray with me? And they all knelt down to pray with Jesus and before they'd all fallen asleep. As Jesus prayed, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Three times he prayed that. And he said, okay, I'm going to do it. I want you to see something. God's will was for him to go and die. And as Christians, that might be exactly what God's calling some of us to do. Especially as the days grow darker and as the time of Christ's return draws near. But I'm going to tell you, the, the most important thing in your life as a Christian is to do the will of God. And he wants you to know his specific will. But he can't show it to you until you learn to do his basic will which is to become like Jesus. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, thank you this morning that we don't have to rely on astrologers and psychics and fortune tellers, which historically have proven themselves to be utterly unreliable. God, we pray now that you give us the grace as Christians, as followers of Christ, To start living out your basic will, which is to be like Jesus. God, we pray that as we enter the new year, it would be with a longing, with a desire, with a prayer, not to pursue our own goals, our own dreams and visions, but to pursue your will, which is to be like Jesus. This should be our great New Year's resolution, to become like Jesus. Give us the grace, the power, the anointing of your Holy Spirit to make it possible for us to be like Jesus. And we know, O God, that out of that will flow the very specific guidance from your throne. God, we want to yield to you. We want to do your will. And so we pray this in Christ's name. And everyone said it with me. Amen. Tell the person beside you, go do the will of God.